0: I'm Bill, and I'm T Dog,
1: and this is two, two films, films too curious
0: uh, show where we will watch two films and, and the be two curious of us, about them. Yeah, we will at the very least at some point go, hmm, which is a curious sound. Yes. Uh, this week we watched uh, The Princess Bride mm-hmm. and Lady in the Water. We did. Uh, we watched the two of these movies. I guess we should probably give you at least a little bit of a rundown about how this show is going to be structured. Yeah. We watch two movies and then we talk about it. But the reason why we pick these two movies is because we think that there's a connection between these two movies that would be interesting to examine. And for this one, that connection is the idea of nostalgia. Yeah. And although I didn't really get this until it's I was okay. watching Lay in the Water, but narrative, I think, a little bit as well. Yeah,
2: It's our topic of the day. Right.
0: Um, nostalgia. Nostalgia. How would we... I guess we should probably... Make sure that we have a definition that we both agree on first for nostalgia.
2: Well, I can tell you where it comes from.
0: Okay. I got the etymology for it. Boom! You did research. I did do research. Your notes are all typed and beautiful.
2: (laughs) It's our first one.
0: My notes are typed and beautiful, too. I realize I have the benefit of not having a visual format. I really shouldn't have (laughs) chosen this font. I I chose Chicken Scratch MT. and I shouldn't have done that. Anyways, where what's the etymology for So nostalgia? as it, as it
2: turns out nostalgia while it sounds it's from it's like modern Latin. Mm. It was not they picked these Greek words for it to come from, but that it wasn't a word in Greece like Okay. So nostos is homecoming and algos is pain. It's a pain associated with longing for home or a homecoming. Okay. Type thing. Like being homesick. Right. Originally a medical term and they actually have had cases where they said that people died from this. Although I imagine there were probably complications otherwise.
0: I don't know. i <laughs> watched some things before and I thought, man, this movie's really bad. I think this nostalgia is going to kill me. <laughs> <clears throat> But the
2: modern definition, which this put as a wistful yearning for the past was first recorded in 1920. Okay. So it wasn't until really pretty modern times that it came, but it was in like the 1600s that it was this thing that Swiss soldiers would have while they're out, huh? Fighting.
0: I mean, because I you know the start... Swiss love to fight, right? They're known for it, <laughs> like historically. Like that's why nobody wants to fight them in a war. That's why they're always neutral. They're like, you don't understand how bad we can fuck you up. Like we're not gonna. No, but um, I guess that that's interesting that it wasn't until then that. 20s seemed like a time that there was a lot of emotion.
2: Probably a longing for before the First World War.
0: Right. Also a longing for a time where booze wasn't banned. Yep.
2: Yeah. And then right after the Great Depression, longing for a time when we weren't in the Great Depression. Right.
0: That would have been dope <laughs> if we could have gone back to that time, a homecoming if you will. To a time when the whole country wasn't broke. <laughs> no, I guess that's a good that's a good definition. I think that it's
2: so. Oh, yeah, I don't. That's not my definition, Well, but I think that yeah.
0: it is. It is the I starting don't starting point, right? I think that we sometimes forget that it has pain associated with it. Like even mm-hmm. in because mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, I, this is a nostalgic show for me, and that's right, that's accurate. But I think that even all even in things like that, where it's like, I, oh, I used to watch a show when I was a kid. Um, there's still this idea of like, oh, that was a, that was fun, and you you can't re
2: bottle mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's. Or
0: can you?
2: We'd be rich men,
0: right? We're not doing a podcast anymore. <laughs> we spent a million dollars rebottling <laughs> the past.
2: Um, my definition has always been, and I I searched for like hours trying to find this quote from Pendleton Ward. Oh, creator yes. Adventure Time. And it doesn't exist, this quote. I, I <laughs> know that I read to you it somewhere. Uh, maybe.
0: And that's why you can't find it anywhere.
2: But because Adventure Time does evoke this nostalgia, mm-hmm. um, especially. which It's strange because it's not. A show like this hasn't really existed before, but it is nostalgic right. of Saturday morning cartoons right. and things, which is why it's really, I guess has a strong following in people of our age range in the 20s and 30s. Right. Um, <clears throat> but he describes it as it's like a just the equal combination of happy and sad. Yeah. It's a happiness of oh, I remember that and a sadness of but that's not around anymore. Right. You know.
0: I like that. I like that quote and I like that you brought that up. So that's our topic for the for the day is nostalgia mm-hmm. and that's what we think of that's what we think that nostalgia should invoke when you hear us mm-hmm. say it today um sometimes i think part at least for me part of wanting to watch some at least at least princess bride although a little bit lady in the water as well is the idea that i don't know if my love for this movie is nostalgic i don't know if that i don't know if i like this movie because it's a good movie or if i like this movie because when i was a kid i thought it was a good movie now, right. all of the people that are old, that were not kids when they watched this movie that I've spoken to have also really liked this movie. So my guess mm-hmm. is it's not, mm-hmm. but also I have that fear. So yeah. it's a good yeah. fear. It's a good fear to have. If I had to keep one of my back, pocket, <laughs> it's a hell of a lot better <laughs> than being afraid of elevators. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, why don't why don't we summarize these movies for those of you who haven't seen them? Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler, why don't you go first with Lady in the Water?
2: So, Lady in the Water starts off, and it's a very, I'm not remember anyone's names from this movie. Cleveland, I remember Cleveland's right. name. So Cleveland is kind of a mild-mannered, unassuming, what's a maintenance worker for this yeah, for this apartment complex. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy fixing the windows and doing all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and he they're trying to figure out the pool keeps getting clogged. Someone is going in the pool every night, and they can't figure out who it is. He's asking all the tenants. He kind of goes around, and you get a nice little introduction to all the people that live in this apartment. It's a very right. varied group of people. Um, he, one night, he sees a lady in the water.
1: <laughs> oh, I wonder if that's why they called it that. Perhaps. No, I can't be. That's too on
2: the nose. You know, Shyamalan, he's not He's not about those on-the-nose things. No. Um. So, he kind of goes in, uh, kind of gets knocked out and falls into the pool, if I remember right. Yeah. And then she saves him, brings him back into his little house, kind of outside the apartment area, but in the same, like, next to the pool. Um, And between that and then talking to one of the people that lives in the apartment complex that has, like, a grandmother and a mother that have told him the stories, he starts to kind of connect that... The reason this is so weird, and the reason that she seems looks human but really isn't, is because she it's part of the story. She's what are they called? Narfs. Narfs.
0: Narf. N A R F. N A R F.
2: Um. So one thing leads to another event. They know she has to get back to her home. They find out that she is a very special kind of narf, and that's why this kind of grass wolf creature. What's that one called? Scrunt. The scrunt is trying to stop her from getting home because she is important she's a very important narf. now the scrunts are not supposed to do this but this is like a rogue scrunt or what he does not he cannot let her get back as a rule of his own i guess um but then they find out that there are other people in this story and they try to go around the apartment complex and find who are the people that match like these abilities and these powers that these people that can help the narf will have. Like one can see signs in the mundane and kind of like decipher if something's going wrong or if something's going right. Um, There's a guild, there's a collection of people that does it say what they can really do? Just that they help. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, And there's a healer, someone that can heal. There's a guardian, someone who can like stare at the, scrunt and the scrunt won't be able to react, it just kinda gets frozen or kind of walks backwards. Yeah. Um so they come up with a plan, turns out they were wrong about most of the people. If not, no wrong pretty much about all the people. Right. Um but if and they find the right people, in the end, it's all happy. She does get to go home. There you go. There you
0: go. Alright. So uh that yeah. I will now, for those of you who have not seen it, describe the plot of the princess bride uh a kid is sick in the present day and his grandpa comes and tells him a story and the story is that's it that's it ostensibly it is that's that's the whole thing but it does tell you the story and the story is this um that there's a farm boy and a pretty lady and she's very pretty she bosses the farm boy around but it turns out that they're actually in. And he's a poor farm boy, so he's going to go make his fortune across the ocean. And then he can come back and marry the pretty lady. But he gets set upon by pirates. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so she's sad. And for five years, she doesn't do shit. But then the prince is like, hey, I'm going to get married. That's pretty lady. My bride will be this princess. The princess bride.
2: But is she a princess?
0: Well, she will be when she gets married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, one day she's like, I don't want to do that, but well, he's the prince, so what are you going to do? Yeah,
2: he's kind of, he has the authority to just say that.
0: Right. And so, like, she's out riding a horse because that's the only thing that she thinks is fun anymore. And three lost circus performers come (laughs) and attack her and kidnap her. And as they're taking her to another country so they can frame that country for the murder of, the, of this the pretty lady. The princess Right. Uh, a pirate shows up and fights all three of them. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. And rescues the pretty lady. Yep. Turns out this pirate is the farm boy. Yep. And then finally the prince catches up with them and lets, lets the farm boy go, air quotes that I'm making on a purely audio format <laughs> and the princess goes back with him. the pretty lady goes back with the prince turns out the prince's right hand man takes the farm boy and tortures him
2: yep and his right hand is very interesting it fast. has six whole fingers <laughs> on
0: it. um then
2: you think his left hand man has six fingers on his left hand
0: one would hope we it never saw that balanced.
2: guard that guard guy we don't yeah. know
0: so, anyways, the uh, the people that... Two of the three circus performers that he had fought realized that the farm boy slash pirate can help with other things that they need done with the prince. So they rescue him from being tortured. They bring him back from mostly dead. Mm-hmm. And they rescue the princess bride. She doesn't marry the prince. And they live happily ever after. And I think that's it. I think that that's, yeah. that's what I gather as the important parts.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright. Well so now I guess why are these movies similar?
2: How are they similar? Right. So my first point, and we talked about this as we were watching movies. Right. Is that's this, I guess this, that's important to know too I- that we talked a little bit about that. This right? idea that there's sportsmanship, there are there are rules that are followed when there is some any kind of like competition or fight or anything. Now okay. it's important to note that the scrunt breaks these rules. Right. But there are rules in place there that the Tartutic right. which is three wood monkeys yeah. made out of like tree stuff. Yeah. Um are they kind of uphold the law. Yeah. And they're the ones that they everything keeps in line because they're afraid of them. Right. Um and in Princess Bright it's more of a Almost like a professional courtesy between each. Right. Because as Wesley is chasing, well, well, not Wesley, the Man in Black, right, the Dread Pirate Roberts is chasing and trying to rescue Princess Buttercup. He is first. He fights an ego who is a very honorable dude. He helps Wesley up, and then he's like, no, 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 rest, and then we'll like. He wants to have a good fight. Yeah. Which is a very like, really good, that's sportsmanship. Right. Like, to him, right. it's exactly. It, Inigo's so sure of his skill, maybe that's part of it. But he's he does he wants a real challenge. He hopes right. he's yeah. hoping for a real right. challenge. He's, he's so sure yeah. of
0: his skill that he knows that if something and under, underhanded were to happen, he could prevent it. But I think that that is merely secondary to what you were saying to the fact that he wants he wants a good fight. Yep. He sees he's got a sword, and that sword don't look like no scrub sword. So Mm-mm. let's see what we can do. Let's dance. I think it's interesting you bring that up, too, because although, yeah, you're right, there is no Tartutic in Princess Bride, even the bad guys, some of them follow the code, and when they don't, it's looked on as not great. Like, mm-hmm. when the prince comes in and turns the torture machine all the way up to its highest level, mm-hmm. his right-hand man is like, don't do that shit. Like, I'm here... I'm a scientist. I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> right, as bad as that science may be, he's yeah. not trying to... He's not trying to kill someone that he has captured. Yes. And the prince is like, "Yes, let's kill them. Let's do this thing that is, well, sinister, not, yeah. not proper, not, not sportsmanlike."
2: Nope. Um, Fezick also warns Wesley with a rock. Right. He's like, "I didn't have to miss. Like right. that yeah. would have absolutely killed him." And then the, so I'll you put down your rock and I'll put down my sword and we'll fight each other. What do you say, as... Yeah, as God intended. As God intended.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Skill against skill alone. Yes.
2: Um. And then Vecini obviously cheats, but it is a battle of wits, which makes me feel like it's not so much cheating.
0: Right. Well, f- Vecini cheats, but the only reason that Vicini is allowed to cheat is that the Man in Black also cheated. Yes. They were both poisoned, and Vecini switched the glasses. So...
2: And, and but then that, since that was a battle of wits a battle of outmaneuvering and kind of being more clever than the other one right i'd feel like both those moves those cheating would valid right yeah it's for, the, for the battle at hand
0: yeah it's 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 a riddle but it's the same as like the riddles where it has a dumb answer like
2: yeah like bilbo's what have i got in my pocket that's right. not a a riddle
0: no but who in the (laughs) hell was ever going to get 30 horses on a red (laughs) hill first they champ then they they stamp then they they stand stand still still. teeth that's stupid (laughs) but if you get it then you win if you get that both glasses were poisoned he could have been like both glasses are poisoned i'm not drinking and then they would have had to come up with some other fight yep he didn't do that because he wasn't playing four-dimensional chess
2: stuck in that 3d chess
0: yeah I think it's also interesting that you bring that up because I think one of my points that I thought was interesting amongst the two stories is that when they try and break the rules of narrative, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work either. In Princess Bride, when when the grandson wants to know what happens, and he says he says, Who gets Humperdinck, Who kills him in the end? And the grandpa's like, I'm not playing that game. Do you want to know the story? He even tells him he doesn't. He doesn't know. Yeah. Is like, if, if you want to hear the story, I'm going to tell you the story, but I'm going to tell you the story the way that the story's supposed to go. I'm not going to jump ahead and tell you yeah. what's supposed to happen eventually. I'm not going to placate you that way. And in Lady in the Water, when they first decide these are the people that are the tropes, I guess, for for yeah. lack of a better word, this is the guardian, this is the healer, the first time when they're like, ah, oh, yes, I got to... In fact, there's a character in Lady in the Water that we didn't talk about yet who is a film critic mm-hmm. and... um. Mr. Heap Cleveland goes to see him and is like, "Hey, if you were to, if there were to be this these people in movies, Who, how would I yeah, find how would out? I find how would out. The, yeah, how would the writer tell me which ones these are? And the fact that he tries to force it like that is why it doesn't work at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to. The point of the story is that you're supposed to figure it out um, organically. And so after they realize these are not the right people, then." they're able to say, oh, you know, this is the one that's the oracle. This is the guild. This is the whatever. Mm-hmm. So.
2: And I like in that movie, well, I guess that's kind of not a difference, but that a lot of stuff gets lost in translation in that fairy tale. Yeah. It's like the healer is typically a woman. Well, mm-hmm. but it's not in always. the movie.
1: Right.
0: <clears throat> that's the thing that I actually wrote down as well that, um, where'd it go? Oh, the, the idea that both the characters as they are and the characters as they represent people in the fairy tale in Lady in the Water, tropes are not... Tropes are good for categorization, and it's not a bad thing to say the names of tropes, but tropes are not uh, indicative of the person as a whole. Mm-hmm. Young Soon, the the girl who tells Cleveland the stories, the is yeah. presented as this college party girl, but she's yeah. not... That trope. That's not a trope, that's not a person that really exists. All people are three-dimensional. And Young um, Soon is is not just that trope. Um, similarly, none of the people who are the, the it's not the obvious choice for the the roles in the fairy tale. Like, yeah. oh, we need a guild, we need a group of people to talk about mundane stuff. Oh, let's get the stoners in the back. Of course it's gonna be them. It's not the obvious choice, it's the choice that is right for the story. Mm-hmm. Because narrative...
2: Although, really and nice I feel too. that even the people that they got initially that ended up not being the right person still helped in the end. Oh, like sure. the party helped right. with the whole grand scheme of things that the stoners threw. Right. I um, wish we could get back to why the movies are similar.
0: I guess we should. Although, <laughs> I guess that's a, that's a thing that why they're yeah. similar. But no, I guess you're right. Everyone yeah. has a role to play. Everyone has a role to play. In both of the movies. Which, I guess, for the Princess Bride thing, I, I had written this down as well, that... Um, I guess not similar, but I think that Princess Bride, on the, larger, on the larger side of it, Princess Bride presents a fairy tale at its most basest level. Mm-hmm. This is a way that a fairy tale works, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And Lady in the Water presents a fairy tale as it might show up in the real world. Mm-hmm. Princess Bride is the real world telling the story of a fairy tale, and Lady in the Water is a fairy tale told in the, in the real world. And because of I have that, that from my why the films are different. <laughs> I was going to say because of that, I think that where Lady in the Water talks about um, these are these are the tropes, but they're three dimensional. Princess Bride also talks about tropes, especially in the narrative of the story when they sometimes call characters by their trope. Mm-hmm. They call they call that guy the albino. They call Fezik the giant. They call. Inigo the Spaniard. They call it Inigo the Spaniard. I had one more written down. Let me find it because I thought that that was an interesting point that they they sometimes they boil them down to their trope. Uh, oh, the Dread Pirate. Yeah. Um. And and even even non people things. The Thieves' Forest. What's the Thieves' Forest? It's a forest where thieves live. Yeah. What's the Brute Squad? It's a squad of brutes. <laughs> you are the Brute Squad. <laughs> they don't. They didn't need to tell you what they are because that's that's the trope. The trope is the definition. And is the they name. call
2: Max. He's the healer, right? Right, he's a Yeah. The healer. Right? Yeah. They call him that a few times. That's right. So. Um, I have, and we've already kind of talked about it, I have that both films have uh, what I call the character archetypes. So very similar playing into the right. tropes. Right, um, This one, I actually didn't even think of this until we watched Princess Bride the other night, that um, Vicini, Inigo, and Fezzik are a warrior, a wizard, and a rogue. Yeah. Yeah your your classic three classes you can pick in any video game or rpg or anything really right Um, and that wesley is kind of a jack of all trades yeah obviously has each one and i feel like he uses a skill from each person against another one almost like a rock paper scissors type thing yeah so obviously he relies on his brawn on his strength against vicini because he knows that he can handle the poison that he put into his own glass. Yeah. That he uses kind of, I guess, his intelligence against Mm ego in a way because he's studied sword fighting just as much as ego has. Right. um, And kind of using that, and then he uses his kind of skill, his roguelike things against against, Fezzik because Fezzik is just so large. That's the only way he's going to be able to beat him.
0: Right. I mean, Fezzik says the thing about you fighting different people. Yeah. Use different a group moves. Fighting people is different than fighting one person. Yeah. yeah and he hasn't fought yeah. one guy in a long time. I hadn't thought about that either, but you're right.
2: And then Lady in the Water is much more on the nose with their archetypes, with the rider, the healer. And those right. are the archetypes for specifically that story, not necessarily as like a general, Right. these are the type of people there are. Um, but that's, I actually, I'd run that down before we started either movie. <laughs> like right when I realized it with Princess Bride, I was like, oh... And I remember Lady in the Water has those archetypes to sort of wrote right. that down as, a, as a, something that they're similar about.
0: Okay. Let's see. Do I have another similarity? I mean, I think that they're similar movies. I think that they're both, both of the movies, the one purpose that you could say is the purpose of both stories is the idea of love. I think mm-hmm. that in Princess Bride, I mean, they say this like 70 times in the movie.
1: It's true. Love. Um,
0: it is true love. And it's presented almost exclusively as romantic love. But at the end, when 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 the grandson, when Fred Savage is like, "Hey, will you come back and read this to me tomorrow?" and Grandpa Peter Falk says, "As you wish." It's not romantic love, but it is still true love. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yes. It. It is just as true as the romantic love. That of West that end.
2: familial that platonic love is just as important. Right. As romantic love, when you're discussing true love.
0: Right, and I think that I think that 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 idea also can be applied to Fezzik and Bassini.
2: hmm Yes.
0: Lady in the Water is also about love, and at no point is it romantic love. Nope. Um, there is never an instance, even though, like, Mr. Heap, uh, Cleveland, a couple of times, like, will remind Story, the Narf to put clothes on, it, there's never anything, never... Th- un- it's never untoward the relationship yeah. between the two of them, and he does love Story, and he loves his family, who you find out later has died, um so much so that when he's supposed to essentially say a prayer to bring out bring his story, energy, right yeah. to help bring story, to help heal her, he prays essentially to his family, to mm-hmm. his family that had died and how much he loves them and misses them. And so I think that it's I mean, you can say this about any movie. Any movie's about love. But I think that it's I think that it's more it's the, than it's just the forefront of these movies. Right. It's more than just yeah. an argument that can be made. I think that it's obvious that this is that both movies focus on this at least a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: My last thing for how they're similar was, you kind of already went over it, is they're both framed with a... Like Princess Bride, this is how they're different too. We can segue this into different unless you have also more similar things. That Princess Bride is framed in real life Mm -hmm. and then they tell a story in the middle Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and where Lady in the Water is framed with that story with, like the, the paintings and stuff and then it has the story told in the middle in modern times right um, or the fairy tale whether they're both they're both framed like that right they both have a little bit of an introduction that's relevant to the story but not right. the story and then the actual like story of the movie
0: and I I like I like that as a thing that they're similar but you're right I also like that as a thing that they're different because it shows it it is an entirely different type of story. Princess Bride telling you something that's obviously fake. Yes. That it's a grandpa and a son and they're reading a book and the book is not real.
2: It's not nonfiction, Right.
0: As opposed to Lady in the Water, where it tells you something that in the world is very real. Mm -hmm. That they, they... Only once is it even implied that it... Like Young Soon says to Cleveland oh, that word's from a fairy tale that my my great-grandma used to tell my grandma Mm -hmm. who used to tell my mom who used to tell me. Um, And then like when he comes back and asks her again, she says, I think it's real for you too, isn't it, Cleveland? Like I I feel like this is a real thing. And so as opposed to Princess Bride, where it's telling you a fake story that is beautiful and wonderful, Lady in the Water is showing you a real story that is also beautiful and Mm -hmm. wonderful. Although I guess they both show, and it's interesting because Lady in the Water has narration, <clears throat> where Princess Bride doesn't really, and so mm-hmm. that's more tell than show. But anyways. yes,
2: now one way these films are very different. In my research, I found is uh, critically.
0: Oh yes, I think that it's important <laughs> to know. I think before we before we talk about that, <laughs> we should talk about the fact that although this podcast is called Two Films Too Curious, there was a small period of time where we thought maybe it would not be bad to maybe call this the No Haters Movie (laughs) Podcast. Because we are going to watch movies that maybe critics don't like. Yes. But at no point, there will be very few instances where we watch a movie that we don't like because we just really like a lot of movies. True. And that's okay.
2: Yes, you like what you like. Right. Can't help that. Princess Bride Mm -hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes sitting at a critical 97%. And an no. audience, 94. Very well-respected movie. Yes. Lady in the Water, I'll tell you, the audience is 49. Can you guess what the critic is?
0: I'm guessing lower.
2: 25.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I don't...
2: Let me tell you, when I read those two rotten reviews for Princess Bride, I was livid. <laughs> These people just didn't get the movie. <laughs> and
0: oddly, I don't... So, there, were, I, I read a thing one time where someone was saying, like... Someone had said, oh, I really don't like the Kill Bill movies uh i just i don't i don't like i don't like the samurai stuff that they do and someone's like oh you don't get it they're make they're parodying they're paying homage to samurai movies and he's like i've seen a lot of samurai movies and i hate all of them too i get it i don't like any of these things of course i wouldn't like this movie and similarly i although i feel like a lot of the bad reviews on lady in the water also didn't get the movie. I don't I'd have to read them because maybe that's not the case. Maybe they're like, "No, I get it. I just think it's stupid." <laughs> Which is their prerogative, but they're wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: No haters.
0: I think it's interesting also I I wonder I don't think that this is the case, but I wonder how many I wonder if it's on purpose that the film critic in the movie dies.
2: Yes, I have that on here. The, the lady <laughs> in the water is very meta. Right. because in the same time that Cleveland is figuring the characters you're trying to think well they introduced all those characters right. earlier which one of them is going to be which of these archetypes that right. are supposed to be here and the critic's death is just like not even on the nose that's in your nose right
1: you can smell of, it from a mile away
2: about he's like this is now the scene part where I turn around and I make it the last second but right. then he just fucking dies <laughs> there was a
0: scene there was, uh, Kevin Smith was talking about oh I can't
2: He talks about a lot of things. He does.
0: Uh, But he had one of the movies that he had made and critical response was bad. He's like, I didn't make that movie for critics. I made it for my fans. Um, Was it Tusk? I I I think it was before Tusk, but Penny Arcade made fun of it. And they made this comic called Twisp and Catsby that makes no sense. (laughs) And they're like, did you like it? If you didn't, it didn't matter. It wasn't for you. (laughs) Which is... It's funny. Yeah. And it misses the point a little bit. But also maybe it doesn't. And I think that I think that even if the critics got it if they understood it and didn't like it, I think M Night Shyamalan by killing Bob Balaban's character by killing the film critic was like I don't care if you get it and don't like it. That's not mm-hmm. the point. The point is I wanted to tell the story. And this comes hot on the heels off of a whole bunch of horror movies. The first was Unbreakable came out I think before this movie. I so this so. is not the kind of movie that he would typically do. And I think that that's Important to note as well that it says M Night Shyamalan on the front, and he's in the movie. But I don't you know. think, like when I think of even M Night Shyamalan movies that I didn't like, I can you still don't. find more similarities between The Last Airbender and uh, Signs and Sixth Sense than I can with Lady in the Water. I think that that's yeah. just an entirely just different, very outside of his. Movie. Which maybe is why... Love his body of work. Maybe that's why... Another reason why people didn't like it. They were expecting Sixth Sense, Signs... Where's our twist? Unbreakable. Right. And while there is... Like we were talking about this the other night too. While there is, I guess, kind of a twist that... Oh, all of these people that we thought were the thing are not. And it's these people who are actually the thing. That's just a regular... That's just a regular movie.
2: That's just drama.
0: Yeah. What did I have as another thing that that they're different? I think that it's important... I think that one of the differences also is that, uh, oh, one of the, mm-hmm. there's a line in the movie where he says, we're never, or where story says we're never told who we are. And I think that that's a difference as well between the two movies.
1: And we've talked about, yeah. we've touched
0: on it like eight times already, just in this, that Princess Bride is obvious with their tropes and Lady of the Water is not. Mm-hmm. on purpose Princess Bride you're told who these people are the Dread Pirate Roberts is the Dread Pirate yeah um, the giant is the giant and Lady in the Water the point of the movie is even if people tell you you're a director of horror movies that's not all you are George R.R. Martin is not the writer of Game I mean he is the writer of Game of Thrones <laughs> But he's not just the writer. Of he Game writes sci-fi games. too. He writes sci-fi. He loves football. He goes on trip. He's he's a big fan of like classic film. That's why he has a th- he he is the owner and operator of a theater. Yeah.
2: So all the things he's doing instead of writing Game of Thrones, right? Which
0: ultimately, <laughs> I mean, the show's gonna finish, so I'm yeah, good. good. <laughs> I would like to read the books too, but I also really like the show, so I don't care. Yeah. Um, but. I think that that's, I like that the point, the point of Princess Bride, another point of Princess Bride is your talents that define you, that you excel at, those are, that's good. It's okay to be that. It's okay for Inigo to be the sword fighter because he's good at it and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But Lady in the Water says you don't just have to be that. Yes. If you're good at a thing and you don't like it, you don't have to do it. You can be something else and that's okay too.
2: And sometimes there's you're going to have a calling to be something different.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And find out that you are the guardian or the healer or whatever mm-hmm. whatever else. Um, my kind of last... Well, I guess I have two more things about how they're different. Um, the Princess Bride is very overt with its good is good, evil is evil, love conquers all kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And... The only thing that makes me say that Lady in the Water is not as firm about it is the Tartutic. She talks about when she's telling the story about these monkeys, about how they killed their parents when they were first born and they're evil she says the word evil, they're evil creatures. Right. But they are kind of the law the upholders of the law. Right. So they're not necessarily they're not good guys. No. In this in the framing of the story, they are the good guys because right, they're the cause... ones that take the will yeah. scrunt away at the end and kind of like ultimately save story. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not good guys.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, which kind of led into kind of I guess related to it is that the bad guy lives in Princess Bride and the bad guy does not live in Lady in the Water. Yeah. Because she tells when she's telling about how they'll come and take things she says they'll come and kill the thing. Yeah. They absolutely killed that scrunt. Um But Lady in the Water... But in Princess Bride, obviously some bad guys do die. Count Ruben dies. Right. He you know, gets his revenge. But the, the main bad guy does not die. Um,
1: yeah. In the fact, pr-
2: yeah. Wesley kind of makes the point to not kill him.
0: Right. Your job is to not be dead. Your job is to feel shame. <laughs> yep. I think that that's interesting that you bring that up because I had a thing about that as well, about um, stark contrast. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, I guess about the idea that Morality. Things are really black and white in The Princess Bride, and they're kind of fluid in Lady in the Water. Mm -hmm. That. Bob Balaban, the film critic, is not a bad guy. Like, we would never want to sentence him to death. He's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. guy. No. But
2: he's not a bad guy. He's not
0: fun, but he's not a bad guy. He's kind of a dick. But that's not criminal but he still dies in the movie and that's an important point that he was like that's not that's not how stories work i will stay alive and no in fact actually i think that I, i i can't find the thing that i was talking about before but i did find another thing that says that bob balaban says that stories happen like x but in reality stories happen like x if you're cynical and you have quote unquote seen so many movies that you You always know know how how it's going to work right but actually they're like why stories don't happen the way they happen because all stories happen that way stories happen the way they happen because a story needs to work that way Mm -hmm. and so it it can't be black and white bad and good and lady in the water because that wouldn't be helpful to the fact that in that story the film critic has to die and the people that are in charge of the thing of the law have to be evil. Mm-hmm. And the person who is the, or like the, the law may dictate that this, that this, uh, Scrunt is not supposed to attack the NARC, but he still does because he breaks the, he breaks the rules because he has to, because it's not, it's not a black and white thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that you brought that up.
2: Every time you say Bob Balaban, I think of Doug Dimmadom.
0: Bob Balaban, the banner of the Dimsdale Babylon. Wow, that got away from me real fast. The black
2: Betty bamalam
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, Bamalam. There you go. That's what he is. Yeah. Bob Balaban, singer of "Old Black Betty Babylon." <laughs> A lot of people didn't know that he sang that song. It's, uh, it's actually pretty neat that he uh, yeah. That he, did. he
2: you see the guy and you don't think you think he doesn't have the voice for right. that, but it, you know. You Stranger punk, things yeah. You see
0: a punk rocker That it, You know they're, they're CEOs of corporations now And you're like You're not punk And then they're like In my heart I am punk yeah, I'm Moore.
2: taking down the man From the inside
0: Right <laughs> Did You You said you had one more I have, I have
2: one more And it's how they use um, Fighting and Slash violence Okay So in both movies And surprisingly For The Princess Bride There's Other than the sequence Of Wesley rescuing Buttercup And then the very end When ego's fighting mm-hmm. um, Count Rugen there's not as much violence as you would think in right. a film, in right. a, an action adventure movie. Yeah, um, kind of like two major scenes, and that's pretty much it. Right. Um, I mean,
0: there's the torture, but that's different.
2: Yeah, it's it's that's more just like watch. It's painful, but not it. yeah, yet. yeah. Um, and Lady in the Water it only has also like two or three kind of sequences where there's violence. Yeah, like and that's whenever the scrunt's around, pretty much. Right. Um, but they. Like I said, they use it, it's much more important in Princess Bride. I think mm-hmm. it's it's more of a plot point than it is in Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water, it's it feels I don't want to say more purposeful or less purposeful, but it the scrunch is like almost like an animal going on instinct. Right. Like it, there's more instinct in it than. Princess Bride which is like I'm gonna choose right. these battles or the, I'm the doing purpose, this for it this isn't, reason
0: it isn't more or less purposeful the purpose is different yes yeah that there could have been the violence in Princess Bride could have been more animalistic but even even in even when Fezzik and the Dread Pirate Wesley fight it's not it's physical but it's not animalistic yeah. it's pointed artistic sometimes that mm. At no instance on the first bit of fighting, when Wesley's trying to rescue Buttercup, there's no time when you think that it's going to be lethal. Yep, it's just cool to watch. Um,
1: and I mean, well, I guess well, suddenly a to... dies, right? But, but yeah. I mean, he was a dick. <laughs> um,
0: but you're not. You're not a afraid for Wesley in those moments you're not really afraid for Inigo or Fezzik Mm -hmm. you're just ready to be a part of them there is no instance of violence in Lady in the Water where you're not afraid for one of the characters yes exactly like there is it's always you're like oh no either story or Mr. Heap or somebody's gonna go down right now and then one of them I mean neither of them two do Mm -hmm. but the film critic Bob Balaban gets eaten (laughs) up by a scrunt yeah, I think that's an interesting point as well. Do
2: mm-hmm. so you, you want to move on to questions? Yes. I have I have Questions three for each for, other. I have three yeah, for you I as have, well.
0: Why well, have three for each movie. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, mine... Okay, so two of mine say in each film, so really I have five. Okay.
0: Okay. So, uh... I guess we can start. I'll do. I'll, I'll start this one. Sure. I'll do Princess Bride questions. When would? When did you first see this movie? That's remember? one of my questions for you. <laughs> is when you first saw each film. <laughs> well, I guess that's a good conversation point. Then when did you? When did you first see Princess Bride? And then I'll say when I first saw uh, it, and we'll do lame I again.
2: certainly can't remember my first instance of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know I was around the age of eight. Okay. I can't really pinpoint what grade is that, even when or where I saw it. For me. That would be... Is that third grade, second grade, third grade? That would be fourth grade, I think. Fourth grade, okay. I started when I was four. I was young. Okay. Oh, kindergarten. So no, yeah, third grade. I was afraid about kindergarten. You don't count yeah, that one. It's a weird one. It doesn't have a number. It doesn't. K um, is its number. <laughs> well, once you, le- you learn in kindergarten that K is not a number. Right. So but then, yeah.
0: later on, they're like, fuck you, it is sometimes. <laughs> That's bullshit. Anyway, so around third around, grade? Then?
2: Around third grade is when I can remember seeing it. And I want to say that it was my grandparents that showed me that movie. Appropriate for the right. movie. yeah. Um, yeah, that was definitely my the first time I saw it.
0: The first time for me would have been, I think, similarly timed. It actually may have been a year. I would have been in fourth grade, I think, which would have meant that it was about the same yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I remember... Actually, I don't remember watching it first, but I remember hearing about, like, I remember conversations that I had about it, which means that I must have seen it yeah, yeah. at that point. Um, Jack, my youngest brother, for those of you, the one of you that's listening to this podcast right now that doesn't know that either of us have brothers, used to call the movie the swording movie, like a movie that, <laughs> where they do a lot of sword stuff, the swording movie.
2: mainly they do pretty cool sword stuff. They do
0: a movie. lot of dope sword shit. Um, and I remember I remember that being a part of uh, our language, that this is the sorting movie this is princess bride let's go watch princess Mm -hmm. bride because jack wants to watch the sorting movie again so it must have been around it must have been around the same time
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. lady in the water the first time i saw lady in the water would have been early high school i was thinking about this last night and i can't remember i think that either every so often my grandpa would give us a box of DVDs that he bought on a whim and realized, oh, wait a second, a 60-year-old conservative man from the Midwest was not the intended demographic for the unrated version of Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. and so oh, he, Probably not. No, really not. So he dumped a whole bunch of movies off on us, um, including the Two Kill Bill movies, that, Charlie's Angels, a whole bunch of other ones. And one of them was, I think, Lady in the Water. Either mm. that or we bought it from GameStop and my brother nick and i watched it like in his room on like the first dvd player we ever bought and i think that that's the first time i watched it. i remember like it's like the scene in uh close encounters of the third kind or the scene from uhf where he's sitting there building the mashed potato plateau yes. like i remember finishing that movie and nick and i are like i don't know how yet but we are not the same people that we were the we start of this movie and even just little things like we'll say blim blam like they do in the movie yeah. a lot
2: I learned those things when we watched that movie together
0: <laughs> um, but that in much the same in much the same way that Princess Bride and Lady in the Water are similar but different Princess Bride has always been part of my lexicon and I don't remember not having it there necessarily Lady in the Water has always been part of my lexicon and I remember the moments when it wasn't and I remember the moment that it became that way
2: mm-hmm uh, first time I saw Lady in the Water in its entirety was last night when we watched it. Right. I had seen most. I would say maybe eighty percent of it in the background when you'd watched it. I want to say last year.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Uh, or yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Mid mid last year.
2: Are we gonna? Like
0: now it to is twenty nineteen. It. Right. it would be a half half, okay. half, half yeah. a year ago. F- yeah. I swore a lot that day. I apologize, but I still don't own a <laughs> copy of this movie that doesn't skip skip like a bastard. <laughs> um i got a, i got a question for you now mm-hmm. oh wait no that was my question i'm sorry <laughs> i just realized that
2: so my next one and this is kind of a two-prong question really a four-prong because it's for each movie how are we gonna go with 16 <laughs> answers
0: to your 32-prong question i don't have 128 prongs to answer
2: um it's your so first we'll do princess bride okay what is your favorite single moment from that movie and your favorite like sequence from that
0: movie uh let's see i have some of things like that written down i'm not good at i'm not good at answering a question like that oddly um but it is a good question um i like uh let's see i really like i guess as my favorite sequence is when uh it cuts because fred savage is like wait wait you read that wrong was like buttercup doesn't marry humperdinck she marries wesley and he's like freaking out because like this is not the way the story's supposed yeah. to go what the hell are you doing get it right grandpa he says mm. and i i identify so heavily with that that you're like wait a second i'm i will watch movies for the eighth time and be like oh my god obi-wan <laughs> kenobi fucking dies because I like, it's so trapped in the moment of the movie and I get being like, like, like I can't, I can't Bob Balaban this shit. I can't see ahead yeah. and know the way that the story's going to end because that hasn't happened yet. I struggle with object permanence as a full grown adult, <laughs> and I don't understand when they're showing me a dream Film permanence. right? I don't understand that Buttercup is having a nightmare where she marries Prince Humperdinck, yes. like fred savage i'm like no she can't do that that's not nice <laughs> which is odd for how many tragic movies i watch and love that i have said no, and then it is the same. thing <laughs> um
2: and then you have a favorite single moment
0: uh i do like i don't know if this is a single moment or if it's just a line i do like that wesley tells we'll call a line a moment okay i like when wesley tells um Fezik that he's gonna have a horrible headache in the morning but sleep well and dream of <laughs> I like that line. My uh,
2: my favorite single moment you've actually already brought up earlier. When, it's when at the very end of the film when the grandpa says "As you wish" is my That's favorite nice. moment of the film. I do like that too. And my favorite sequence is really the whole chase sequence. So when Inigo notices a boat behind them up uh-huh. until um, right before the fire swamp. I love the fire swamp, but to me, it's, in my mind. Those are distinct parts of the movie
0: maybe my favorite single moment is when inigo pulls the dagger out of him out of himself oh yeah that like he's, he's out he's down and out for the count and he pulls the dagger out of himself and, and
2: even Ruben's like
0: yeah he's like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see i found a couple other things i want to talk about when well, we can move past them so they don't matter anymore uh is your love of this movie of princess bride is it nostalgic now, is your love of Princess Bride because you saw it as a kid? I don't know.
1: There I don't think it is. Okay.
2: Although Well, you know what, I think it is, but not in the context of my nostalgia is blinding me. It's not the rose tinted okay. glasses. Right. It's uh-huh.
0: not that it's not that the fact that you saw this as a kid is okay makes it okay for you to like a quote-unquote bad movie no it's that
2: i still think it's a great movie right and i always have
0: it's a great movie and your nostalgia is the reason why you love this great movie
2: it's the reason i watch as often as i do right yeah i watch pretty much anytime i'm sick it's my sick it's my sick time movie
0: for those who don't know a sick movie is a movie that you watch when you're sick yes Yes. Princess Bride for you. It used to be uh it used to be Batman for me. I don't know what it is now.
2: The first the Jack Nicholson Joker?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first Michael Keaton one. Although it could be Empire Strikes Back now. Who knows? I know Jax. I rarely is, get sick. Jax's so. two towers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, your turn again.
2: Um well I guess let's just go. What's your favorite moment and sequence in Lady, Lady in, the in the Water? Uh mm-hmm. Do you have one. Our moment might be the same.
0: Um, I think I think this is not... I guess... I don't know if I have a favorite... Okay, no, I have a favorite sequence. Well, I have a favorite scene. Um, my favorite moment, I think, might be when... Um, so, I, I, something that we didn't talk about really in the... in the uh, when we were summarizing the movie. Or I didn't even talk about discussion. the author. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That I think that that is an entirely different podcast we'll pair this movie with a different movie that talks about authors but there's an author and the whole narfs inspire someone to do great work Mm -hmm. and the narf inspired this author and the author lives with a sister and when story gets hurt cleveland comes up to their apartment to try and like so that she doesn't get hurt again and the sister comes in and tells her brother she's like uh mr heap is here and then whispers he's with a girl (laughs) She's not feeling well and like pantomimes being drunk. So she's laying down on the couch. She's wearing no clothes. His, shirt. his shirt. Mr. He is a, a player. player. Blim blam. And I think that might be my favorite moment. Because it goes back to earlier when they say, man, we just gotta, we gotta be famous. We gotta say one thing and we'll be famous. Like blim blam. And like, somebody already said that. They're like, oh, yeah, baby's on the half tip. And you never hear anybody say that. But they the put sister, it on the flyer. They do put it on the flyer. Because, well, that's the thing. When you come up, I guess that's shit. That's the whole point of the movie. Anytime you try and force something, it breaks. They try and force babies on the half tip. Nobody says it. They try and force these are the that tropes. One and the phrase says it. is the linchpin of this movie. <laughs> it, is, it is. But they were like, no, Blim Blam is bullshit. Blim, blam, blim Blam's the thing that they say. The kid isn't the oracle. His dad is. Nope. The kid is the oracle. And his dad's just some asshole. No, he's not. He's a nice dad. Except for that time that he forgot him at school, which is... And when he
2: most. did all those things in Westworld.
0: He did. Apparently, he's a bad guy <laughs> in the Westworld. I well, don't know. Not, not a bad guy. I've only seen the real Westworld, the movie, so... <laughs> I don't know. With Yul Brenner. Anyways, what's your favorite uh, <laughs> moment and sequence? Oh, I so, didn't say my favorite sequence. Yeah. I'm sorry. My favorite sequence is when, at the the last time, story gets hurt. And they realize that the woman who they thought was the healer is not the healer. And it is, in fact and it's, it's clear and prayer and, he, yeah, yeah. and he's the healer and so he, he, he basically prays to his family and says I miss you so much I met this woman and she's wonderful she's an and angel. I think that you guys would love yeah. her and I think I've seen an angel and it's oh every time I sent two memes about how it was making me cry and I was trying not to cry <laughs> in the middle of our watching movies and I'm trying not to cry now
2: my favorite single moment is when they turn when the scrunt stops and they turn around and it's because, what's his name, Reggie? Oh, Is yes. the guardian. Yeah. I love that. I just love
0: that. Reggie in the movie is a guy who, is like only... Count Rugen, fancies himself a scientist. <laughs> and only exercises the right half of his body. It's what, like a four-inch circumference difference his between biceps. his two biceps. Yep. And he's like, do you want to guess at the calves? And you're like, Reggie, don't do that. And so he, yeah, he looks very lopsided, and he's the guardian.
2: He's just he drops his plate, but they're like, just keep staring at it. Keep staring at it. Um, And then my favorite sequence. Oh, there are a lot of good sequences. I think it's the author asking story. Obviously, he knows that great change does not happen without some kind of catalyst, and that is he going to be killed for what he writes? That's yeah, she goes. She explains that the story he writes is going. These the ideas in this are going to inspire someone, and from the Midwest, it'll become a great orator, become the president, and like change the world for the better. Yeah, and he realizes that he's like, if this kid read this book, why didn't he come and try to meet me, or right. why won't he come and try to meet me? He's like, because I'm getting get killed. And she's like, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't stop him. Now he's obviously shocked and right
0: and protective. He says, "Don't yeah. tell my sister,"
2: but not. But accepting still. Right. Afraid, but he is accepting. Right. He understands he the importance of what he's doing. He in the story. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, I like that scene too. What do you think the genres of these two movies are? If you could if you could use, if you could describe someone's like, what kind of movie is this movie? So I don't want to... know how to just say it.
2: <laughs> yeah. You've described it to me as something, but I'm not going to try to say no, that.
0: No, I mean, you could say that. <laughs> it's on the cover of the movie.
2: Yeah. Bedtime stories. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, especially Lady in the Water, I think, is this way. That it is... A, I mean, they're both fantasies. I'm not yes. trying to I'm not trying to make you say the answer that I was going <laughs> to If you have a different answer, you can say it. I'm sorry. But no, I think that you, I think that they are bedtime stories. No, yeah, I think... I think they're think... not fantasy. I mean, they are fantasy, but I would not... If you were to say, these movies are fantasy, and I'm like, well, fuck, I really hated Lord of the Rings. And you're like, no, no, no. Firstly, no. you're wrong. But secondly, these aren't like that.
2: Yeah. These aren't high fantasy. Right.
0: And they're not even really like like low fantasy in the sense that harry potter is low fantasy hmm. they're not that either fable i guess folklore yeah but they're not because they're not they're originals they're original folklore yeah and that's not how folklore works really
1: yeah
0: hmm i need maybe we should have maybe we should have done three films three curious had <laughs> a third person on and watched the adam sandler movie bedtime story <laughs> Nah, that's bullshit we ain't gonna do that Although I think that at some point, I mean, we will at some point do, two have guests three curious yeah. when we have a guest on or five curious. I don't know how many people we have. That's wow.
2: We, we okay. need more than one mic. We will probably <laughs> yes.
0: Um, do you have another question?
2: Um, I guess just what made because you chose these two movies. What right. made you realize the connection between these movies? Like what what kind of inspired this this combination?
0: Well, my answer is kind of shit.
2: Is it also Bedtime Stories?
0: <laughs> it is. No, I, my answer to that question, why did I choose these two movies, is that you really like Princess Bride and I really <laughs> like Lady in the Water. It's and then I'm like, but wait a second. They both say interesting things about nostalgia and, and narrative stories. and mm-hmm. story structure. And so I'm going to force it in that little box. <laughs> I'm going to force it into that what is going to be about an hour worth of discussion time.
2: I think... That is a good choice for our first one.
0: I think so as well. Mm -hmm. If only because what little anxiety, what great anxiety I had before this is tempered by the fact that we both know these movies (laughs) at least well enough to be able to talk about them for a little bit. (laughs) We'll see how next week goes. Um, Do you think that Lady in the Water is cliché? Do you think Princess Bride is cliché? And do you think Hmm. that cliché is bad?
2: I was already going to say... I. Before you started, and is it bad? I was going to say, I do think Princess Bride is cliché, but I don't think it's bad cliché. Okay. I think that, and really cliché, people love to use it like, that, like oh, that's so cliché. Right. But it's the same way that every fantasy story told after Lord of the Rings is going to be borrowing from Lord of the Rings. There's no... The reason reason it's a, quote, cliché is because it was the original and the... I'm not going to say the best, but, like, the original and inspiring thing that did these things. Right,
0: when Hamlet came out, people weren't like, ugh, Shakespeare, this is so fucking cliche.
2: <laughs> exactly. The, the cliche is only that way because everything's built on the shoulders of what came before it. Okay. Even, you can't, you can't really escape that. Even trying to escape that, you know.
0: Would you say that then there should be a different word for it? Like...
2: Probably, because cliche does just have a A negative negative connotation, connotation. but that's just because because of the way it's used. Yeah, We can take back cliche.
0: I'm taking it back right now. (laughs) Two films, two curious, taking back cliche. (laughs) T-shirt's going to have cliche for life on the back. Hashtag Clicks2. Do you have any more questions? No. I realize that one of my questions is bullshit, so it really doesn't matter. I think that that's it then. Do you have anything else that you wanted to say? Any other notes that you thought about about these movies? Anything no. that you thought about as we were talking about it?
2: Oh, something I didn't. I think that nostalgia becomes more strong as you age because there are more things you're nostalgic about. I can And I think it. the longing for the past, uh, not a longing, but the rem- remembering the past with happy rose-tinted glasses does get more intense the older you get as well. That Eventually, and it is, it's is—it's just human nature, that things become... As you re-remember things, they get kind of more and more fuzzy. Yeah. And you long for that. Yeah. And obviously, a five-year-old child isn't nostalgic about anything, necessarily. Man,
0: I don't know. Remember when you was four, though? <laughs> Fuck, life was easier at four don't. than I it was don't. at five. Who I was did. I? I don't even know if I was... well no maybe because that was maybe that's the
2: first instance of nostalgia because then you're like school is shit yeah i liked when i was just home all day right so maybe yeah, four-year-olds can't be nostalgic but five-year-olds can
0: yeah hashtag (laughs) gatekeeping nostalgia (laughs) well yeah i don't really have anything else that i wanted to say um so i think that's it thank you for those of you who are listening uh remember to like and subscribe and go to our patreon and uh where all of our content is is for you that's bullshit we don't have any of that shit yet no so you don't have a twitter or a facebook page or a website where we're going to post any of this shit i think that we're just going to do ha- like original like tape trading <laughs> we'll put these on, yeah. cas- on cassettes and then we'll just go it's and... going to be like three cassettes <laughs> <laughs> anyways thank you for listening Yeah. Uh, thanks uh We'll, we'll see, see you, you later. next time.
1: Bye. I love you.
2: Bye. I love you too. I love you. <laughs>